Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Former St. Martin Member of Parliament sentenced to 40 months in prison for tax crimes. UK government vows to keep watch on Guyana's procurement system. Factory workers in Haiti on strike for higher wages. Inter-American Development Bank set record funding in 2021 for Caribbean. United Nations Development Program and Government of Dominica support preservation of indigenous communities in Dominica. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, February 11th. We start a report today in St. Martin. The St. Martin Herald reports that businessman and former member of parliament, Silvio Matzer, was convicted by the court of first instance on Thursday to 22 months imprisonment for tax crimes. The ruling also had a conditional sentence of 18 months for a previous case converted into prison time. The conversion was based on Matzer's being found guilty of money laundering and tax-related crimes during his probation in the previous case. Matzer and his now-defunct company, Energizer NV, were convicted of tax evasion by the High Court of the Netherlands on January 7, 2020. The Supreme Court sentenced Matzer to 21 months and two weeks in prison, 18 of which were suspended on three-year probation. Energizer was ordered to pay a fine of NAF 3,490-300. The court in the first instance handed down its sentence on Thursday, February 10th in the Draco investigation into Matzer and his co-suspects. Draco stemmed from the Emerald investigation into fraud and use of false invoices in Port St. Martin in 2016. Matzer was accused of having committed tax fraud in collaboration with three companies. Crider News reports that in recent days, Guyana's procurement system has been questioned and placed under the microscope and the British High Commissioner to Guyana, Jane Miller. Miller has vowed to keep watch on this particular sector, even as companies from her home country are seeking to build partnerships with the government and private sector entities. The High Commissioner made the statements during a news conference on Wednesday, where several UK firms participated in a British trade mission to Guyana gathered to share their interest in the local market. She said she has discussed the subject of Guyana's procurement system with Guyana's Minister of Finance already, even as she cited one example where she believed the process to be flawed. She added that Guyana, with its budding oil and gas sector, is undergoing tremendous growth and transparency remains a critical component on the road to development. As such, attention will be focused on the procurement system. Weighing in on this matter, the president of the Georgetown Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Timothy Tucker, assured the British business community that mechanisms are in place for companies vying for projects to seek redress if owners feel that their bids were not fairly evaluated. In fact, he said that businesses have approached the Georgetown Chamber of Commerce and Industry in the past, which has intervened by writing to the National Procurement and Tender Administration administration board or writing to the Minister of Finance to give reviews on the evaluation. 
Before concluding the press engagement, the Georgetown Chamber of Commerce and Industry signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the Caribbean Council, an organization which comprises of London-based firms seeking to build two-way trade and investment between international companies, the Caribbean, and Central American partners. The Council has been on the British business mission to Guyana between February 7th and 10th. Already, the business executives, which have collectively bought a number of different products and services to introduce to the Guyana market, had the opportunity to meet with respective ministers of the government and associated private sector agencies. The Associated Press reports that police in Haiti fired tear gas for a second day on Thursday. It attempts to break up protests by striking workers in Haiti. The workers are demanding pay increases at an industrial park in Haiti's capital. The workers employed at factories that produce textile and other goods said they make 500 gourds, or $5, a day for nine hours of work and are seeking a minimum of 1,500 gourds, or $15 a day. Their demands come as Haiti has seen a sharp rise in inflation. Strikers use burning tires to block the main road, and police try to disperse the crowd with tear gas. The Inter-American Development Bank and its private sector arm, IDB Invest, achieved a record of nearly $23.4 billion in new financing approvals, commitments, and private sector mobilizations, beating previously reported initial estimates for financial assistance to Latin America and the Caribbean in 2021. The figure reflects additionally an updated number, including commitments and mobilizations, partnerships, and grants to Haiti. The new record includes IDB Invest mobilization of more private funding in 2021, almost $3 billion U.S. dollars than during any year in its history. The total also includes record to near record levels of IDB funding approvals in priority areas for the region's recovery and sustainability, inclusive growth, including health and the COVID-19 response, climate change and supply chain and digitalization. The IDB and IDB Invest reported in December that they expected combined approvals and commitments for 2021 to total nearly $20 billion and $22.3 billion when including the IDB Invest mobilization figures. The updated U.S. $3 billion mobilization figure for the IDB Invest replaces the previous estimates of $2.8 billion U.S. dollars. Combined with revised commitment figures from IDB Invest and newly included financing by the IDB and IDB Lab, the 2021 total amounts to the largest sum of funding ever posted by the institution in a giving calendar year. Highlights from the IDB's financing include a record amount of funding for climate-related projects was $4.5 billion U.S. dollars and a record level of financing to strengthen regional supply chains at $2.3 billion U.S. dollars. Antigua and Barbuda Observer reports that 125 scholarships will be awarded to residents in Antigua and Barbuda who wish to pursue tourism-related studies. 
The move, the first of its kind, is the brainchild of Antigua and Barbuda's Ministry of Tourism, which is partnering with the Ministry of Education and the Antigua and Barbuda Hospitality Training Institute. Tourism Minister Charles Max Fernandez spoke about the initiative during his budget debate yesterday. We have agreed to fund 100 scholarships for persons in short courses annually starting with persons on the job program who are desirous of moving on to work, Fernandez said. The courses will be for six weeks duration and participants will receive a certificate upon completion. The other 25 scholarships will be afforded to those in the industry who wish to pursue studies leading to a degree or higher. We went to the cabinet last year to arrange for money to come from the marketing fund, and this is one such area where we will begin giving Antiguans and Barbudans an opportunity to earn while they learn. It will not be a willy-nilly thing, the Minister of Tourism said. Meanwhile, Fernandez said despite the unprecedented challenges presented by the COVID-19 pandemic, the Antigua Barbuda Hospitality Training Institute was able to enhance the delivery of its programs and student engagement in a number of areas. He said the Antigua Barbuda Hospitality Training Institute pivoted to support remote and online delivery when face-to-face -face classes were suspended due to COVID-19. And so the students were able to keep abreast of their studies, which made the return to face-to-face -face classroom environment seamless. Antigua Barbuda Hospitality Training Institute forged new collaborations with the Mill Reef Club and the Rotary Club of Antigua to secure 180 laptops for students when laptops became a scarce commodity and training was provided for the lecturers to ensure the optimal use of Google Classrooms, Fernandez added. One of the Caribbean's last remaining indigenous groups is taking steps to preserve their centuries-old way of life, which is threatened by climate change. Dominica's Kalinago people, with the support from the island's government and the United Nations Development Program Barbados and the Eastern Caribbean, are creating more resilient communities to withstand climate impacts and improve their quality of life. These efforts are part of the United Nations Development Program's Enabling Gender Responsive Disaster Recovery, Climate and Environmental Resilience in the Caribbean and Gender Project, which is funded by the governments of Canada and the United Kingdom and seeks to ensure equal access to climate change adaptation solutions for women, children, persons living with disabilities and other vulnerable groups in the Caribbean. On Monday, February 7, during the launch of a series of workshops to assess the current needs and vulnerabilities of the Kalinago people and how these may increase due to the effects of climate change, Valerie Cliff, resident representative, United Nations Development Program Barbados and the Eastern Caribbean noted that the two-week assessment and the resulting recommended actions are an essential prerequisite for inclusive growth. She stated the Commonwealth of Nominica has a historic opportunity to undertake transformative change and invest in the development that creates greener, healthier, and more inclusive future for the island's most vulnerable groups, 
specifically the Kalanago people and community. The assessments are funded throughout the offer of complementary funding and engender initiative that helps Caribbean nations access portions of the 76 million U.S. dollars in climate financing from international organizations like the Green Climate Fund in order to increase national mitigation and adaptation measures. Boat and Gender Project and the OCF are funded by the Government of Canada and the United Kingdom. To date, Eight of nine countries participating in the Engender Project have accessed the OCF U.S. funds. And finally, BVINews.com reports that American rapper and music mogul Sean P. Diddy Combs has been cited in the British Virgin Islands. The 52-year-old was captured on amateur video footage arriving through the Terence B. Letsom International Airport on Beef Island. He was spotted with a small entourage. I'm here live in the flesh, the rapper was heard saying when greeted by a local. It is not clear when Combs arrived or what is the purpose of his visit to the territory. According to Forbes magazine, Combs is the 14th highest paid entertainer in the world. He is said to have a net worth of $90 million. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, February 11th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.